You know, we've just come out of a time of year, Thanksgiving, when uh, I, I would consider that one of the times during the year that families get together. And so I call Thanksgiving a family time. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the family of God. Uh, it sort of goes along with our Sunday school lesson this morning. We were in uh, the book of 1 John this morning. Uh, Behold what manner of love that the Father hath bestowed upon us, because he has called us the sons of God, uh, and made us part of his family. And this morning I want to talk to you about that, that family. Uh, and I use as my introduction the fact that the family was the first institution that God made on this earth. In the Garden of Eden, he joined Adam and Eve together as husband and wife. They formed the first home, the first family. Uh, That was before God started the church. That was before he started the government. Before he started any other institution, he started the family. He made a dad. He made a mom. He joined them together. Children would soon follow. And I don't have time to uh, diverge too far this morning, but I want you to notice it was Adam and Eve. It was not Adam and Steve. It was not... It was not uh, Judy and Eve, it was Adam and Eve. There are five people in Washington, D.C. that think they can change the definition of marriage. I don't don't care if there was a million people in Washington, D.C. that thought they could change the definition of marriage. Homosexuality is a violation of God's uh, perfection. Homosexuality is an abomination to God. And I don't care how many people say it's right, it is a sin, period. But I was thinking this week about why God established the family first. And there's probably many reasons, but I want to mention two because they're going to apply to the family of God that we're going to talk about in a minute. He established the family first because he wanted the family to propagate the human race. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, the Bible says, And God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. The earth was a big place. God had made it that way. Two people couldn't take care of it by themselves. And so he says, hey, Adam, hey, Eve, I want you to have children. I want you to fill up the earth with children. And so he devised the plan, devised a family where children would be born, cared for, brought up and raised for the, for the Lord. And, and, and that cycle has repeated itself down through the generation. That's how God intends for mankind to repopulate the earth. There's all sorts of governments. For example, China had a strict policy for a while that you could only have one child. And those nations that have tried to control their population by birth control are not replenishing their population Nations are dying slowly because they are not following God's plan for families. So the first reason he created families is to propagate the human race. The second reason that I'll mention this morning is so that families can teach children God's laws and values. That was his plan. Yes, the church has a role in that. But it's a family's primary responsibility to teach children about God, about his definition of right and wrong, about what, uh, how to live a, a, a life that's pleasing to God. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, The Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach 
their children. God instructing his people, saying, I want the family to be the teaching unit in this world to teach children my laws and my values. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Where better than in the family to learn about God? Where better than in the family to learn the meaning of love? Where better than in the family to learn about this thing called commitment? Where better than in the family to learn about sacrifice? Where better than in the family to learn about how to get along with one another? Where better than in the family to learn about hard work, doing right, reaping what we sow, God's design, and I could go on and you could help me with the list, but where better in the family to learn the things that God wants us to learn as human beings about how to please him and about how to live on this earth? That's the purpose, one of the reasons that he made the family to teach our children. And because that's God's design, I will tell you from the very beginning, Satan has tried to destroy the family. When he came and tempted Eve, yes, he was trying to get her to turn against God. But another thing he was trying to do was to destroy the institution of the family. If Adam hadn't loved Eve so much, and that's a different sermon, a different story. If Adam hadn't loved Eve so much, he could have said, no, I'm not going to eat the fruit. The first family would have been broken and God's design would have been destroyed. So the family is important to God. And so if you have had a family that has raised you and has taught you how to live and has taught you God's law and his principles, and you need to be thankful. You need to be thankful that God has given you the family that you're in. Now, most of us are, most of us are, all of us are still in the family. We are still either raising and teaching or we are being raised and taught. Some of us are both. (laughs) Some of us are both. We're both teaching and being taught. We're both raising and being raised. That is God's design. And isn't it wonderful? And again, we've just experienced a time of year where this happens for a lot of people. Isn't it wonderful when the family can get together and spend time together? It's a wonderful time of year. And again, uh, we ought never to take those times for granted. We ought never to to, to just think, well, it's just another Thanksgiving. It's just another Christmas. No, this is the Thanksgiving. This is the Christmas that God has given you. You may never have another one with your family. And the one he gives you now, you need to enjoy for all it's worth. That's That's why I said a minute ago, celebrate big. Celebrate big. Don't ever take it for granted. It's a wonderful time. And I know when some families get together, there's some members of that family that have to travel a great distance. I know you may have an uncle that tells you the same story every time you get together. You've heard it 18 times, but he's going to tell you again when you get together for Christmas, just like you've never heard it before. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing when we can get together and and, and grandma does the cooking and makes that ham and sweet potatoes. And I don't want to talk too much about that. I'm hungry. (laughs) 
But it's a, it's a good time. It's a wonderful time when families get together so they can catch up and they can jo- enjoy each, other com- uh, each other's company and they th- can thank God for the family that God has given them. Now this morning I want to tell you about another family. And even though some of us have wonderful earthly families, this family that I want to tell you about is more wonderful than an earthly family. It's more wonderful than the, fellow, the fellowship in this family, if, believe it or not, is more wonderful that the, than the fellowship than we enjoy in our earthly family. I'm talking about the family of God. I'm talking about the family that God creates when he saves us and makes us one of his children, the family of God when, when, that is created when he's do, he does that. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, the Bible says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That family is named Christians. It's named, that word means little Christ. That family is named after the author of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. That verse says some of that family is in heaven. Some of that family is on earth. But we're all part of the same family. And the verse we read a moment ago from John chapter 1 tells us how we can become part of that family. It said, but as many as received him, as many as received Jesus Christ, as many as received the payment that he made on Calvary's cross, the payment not for his sins, because he was sinless. He was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. But the payment he made on Calvary for our sins, if we receive that, we can become part of God's family. And I want to tell you, that God created that family for the same two reasons. The same two reasons. He created the family of God so that we could propagate it. So that we could go out and win men and women and boys and girls to Jesus Christ so that they could be part of the family. And he created it so that we could teach children, new Christians, what it is to love God. What it is to serve God. What it is to live for God. It's a wonderful family. It's a wonderful family. It's a wonderful family because, first of all, it has a father that knows and provides Every need. Every need. I've never told you this story before, but when I got married, my dad said, Darrell, and this was back in 1973, so a dollar was worth more than it is today. He said, when you get married, I'm going to give you $100 for your wedding. I said, oh, that's great, Dad. So we got married in Arkansas. I went down to Arkansas, and I would planned the honeymoon and you know, budgeted it all out. I'm a numbers guy. And I had included that $100 in my budget for my honeymoon. You know he went back to Michigan without giving me that $100? I had planned to buy steak a couple times. We had to have hot dogs. Now, he gave me that $100 after I got home, but there was a need I had on my honeymoon that he didn't meet. I want to tell you, I have a heavenly father that meets every need. Every need. Jesus was talking about it on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, Don't, why, why, why are you going to worry about what you're going to eat? Why are you going to worry about what you're going to wear? Your Father in Heaven knows that you need all those things, and He's going to give them to you. He doesn't give us all our wants. I'm glad He doesn't. Sometimes we want things that are bad for us. 
But God promises, and it's wonderful to be part of his family because he knows and he meets every need. Every need. I was getting on Glenda a minute ago. She was in the hospital this week. And I said, Glenda, why didn't you call me so that I could come visit you? She said, oh, no, no, no. I appreciate your prayers. And I got on her. You see, you have needs that I don't know anything about because you don't tell me. Or somebody else doesn't tell me. I can't, I can't, and I can't meet needs, but I can pray with you. Glenda, that's all I wanted to do is come and visit you and pray with you. But I, I, I don't know every need. I can't. But God does. God does. There's not a need in your life that our Heavenly Father doesn't know about and he promises to me. It's wonderful to be part of this family. It's wonderful to be part of this family because when we become part of this family, we get the Holy Spirit. We get that part of God that comes and lives inside of us that helps us and guides us and teaches us about the things of God. It's a wonderful family to be part of because we have an elder brother who gave his life for us, who paid the price of our sins. It says in the book of Romans, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God, but God, but God commendeth or proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus to die in our place. We didn't deserve it. None of us did. There's some pretty good folks sitting in this room, but none of us deserve the love that Christ showed for us on Calvary. It's a wonderful family to be a part of because we get to have family reunions often. We're having one this morning. We're having a family reunion where the family gets together and, 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 and we encourage each other and we love on each other and we hug each other. And, and it's just a wonderful time. We had a wonderful time last night at our Christmas banquet when the family got together. We'll have a wonderful time tonight when the family gets together. We'll have a wonderful time on Wednesday night. And we just have family reunions all the time around here. And they're good. But there's coming a reunion when all of God's family are going to get together. It's talked about in the book of 1 Thessalonians. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know, it always amazes me. I, I worry about time, and I try to honor and respect your time. I'm trying to do that now, even though the Lord's Supper took a lot of time in our service this morning. I'm aware of what time it is, and I'm trying to get done in a hurry. But you know what amazes me? When I, when I uh, cut my sermon short to let you out on time, and then people stand around here and talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> And I say to myself, well, if I knew they were going to stand around and talk for 20 minutes, I would have preached for 20 minutes longer. But you know what? They don't want to go home. They don't want to leave what they feel in this place when they come together for the family reunion. I'm going to tell you, there's going to come a day 
where we'll never have to leave the family, where the reunion will last for all eternity. We'll be together with the Lord and our family of God forever and ever and ever. I'm going to close. i got two more points. A couple differences between our earthly families and the family of God. First of all, we only have... Oh, I'm sorry. There are many earthly families. There are many families represented here today. And so from a human standpoint, from an earthly standpoint, there are many families. From a spiritual standpoint, there are only two. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. You're either in God's family or you're in Satan's family. And and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You you go back and you read in 1 John chapter 3. It says there's only two families. You're either in the family of God or you're in Satan's family. That's, that's, that, that, that's it. There, there, there is no other choice. There is no other there, there, there in between. You are either in the family of God because you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, or your father is the devil, who is the, the father of all lies, because you've rejected Christ and the price that he paid for you on Calvary. By the way, the devil's family has the same two purposes that God's family has. He wants to propagate his family. The devil's family tries to get people, and the devil tries to get people to reject Christ. They try to, to, to get them to pay no attention to the gospel. And the devil's family teach their children how to live for the devil. Same two purposes. So many families from a human standpoint, only two from a spiritual standpoint. God's family, Satan's family. Second difference is this. I didn't get to pick my human family. I didn't get to pick my dad. I didn't get to pick my mom. I would have picked them if I had a chance, but I didn't get to pick them. I sure didn't get to pick my brothers. I think I could have done a lot better job. (laughs) Don't tell them I said that if you ever see them, would you? But I didn't get to pick my brothers. But you know what? I get to pick what spiritual family I get to be in. I get to pick. I get to choose. I can choose to be in God's family or I can choose to be in Satan's family. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't know why anybody would choose to be in Satan's family. I really don't. I've thought about it a long time. I don't know why anybody, I don't know why anybody would reject Jesus Christ. I don't know why anybody would not want to be in God's family. We get to choose. You get to choose. If you haven't made, if you, if you haven't chose to be in God's family yet, By default, you have chosen to be in Satan's family. And again, I don't mean to insult anybody. I don't mean to be mean to anybody. But if you haven't received Christ, you have chosen to be in Satan's family. This morning, why don't you choose to be in God's family? But as many as received him, as many as received Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary, to them gives he power to become the sons of God. You can become part of God's family this morning simply by receiving Christ and what he did for you on Calvary. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for making it so simple that as Adam preaches it in the back, the little ones can understand it just like the big ones in here, that you loved us, that you sent Jesus to die in our place, and that if we just receive him and the gift that he purchased for us on Calvary, we can be part of your family. I pray if there's just one person here this morning that's never made that decision, 
admitted that they were a sinner, understood that there was a penalty for that sin, and, and realized that when Christ went to Calvary, he took all their sin upon himself, paid the price, purchased the gift of life for them. If there's just one person here this morning that's never done that, would you help them? Right now, make that decision to receive Jesus Christ, to ask him to be their Savior. And then in a second, when we sing the song of invitation, would you help them walk down the aisle so that we could rejoice with them? If they need help in making that decision and asking Jesus to be their Savior, help them just to come, and we'll show them in the Bible, and we'll help them pray and ask Jesus to be their Savior. Father, please bless this time of invitation. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Help us to be obedient. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.